If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. Yo, what up, Arthur? <laughs> What's up, Bobito? <laughs> nah, chilla, 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 chilla. Pleasure, yo. Super pleasure, Speaking yo. with a legend here, baby. Speaking with a legend here, New York, NYC. Yeah, so we got Will and Arthur. What up? What up? What up? What up? What's up, Doc? Y'all looking like seventeen to eighteen year olds again, yo? What's going on with this, man? I need to, I need some Chicago water in my life, yo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I get like ten, fifteen, uh, you know, emails and DMs a, a week. You know, yo, can you be on my podcast? I can't do everybody's podcast. You know, I would love to. I would love to have that much time, but I'm a parent. I'm a caregiver for someone who's ill. But yo, when I saw this one, I was like, nah, like I gotta do this one, yo. Cause I never met y'all face to face, man. You know, my partner, Kevin Coolio, we did a film titled Doing It in the Park, Pick Up Basketball NYC. And you know, he crossed paths with y'all in Memphis, Tennessee. And I was type jealous. I was like, nah, yo, how you meet them before me? Yo, that ain't fair. <laughs> Word, man. But yo, much love to the both of y'all, man. You know, big inspirations. You know, I know y'all y'all hear that for life, and and that's well deserved, you know. Big inspirations, man, for real. Hoop Dreams, the podcast, an unlearning network production. The man joining us today is Who DJ, got? radio host, come what? on now, filmmaker, producer, what? writer, what? interesting enough, we're going to talk about street basketball today and basketball players because he's a guru and an author of a new children's book called Aim High Little Giants, Aim High, so we'd like to welcome to the show. New York's very own, and we're going to show them a little Chicago love today, too. One of Chicago's, you know, children from New York. <laughs> we want to welcome to the show the one, the only DJ. Man, do you see this name? DJ Cucumber Slice, Cool Bob Love, Mr. Yeah. Barbito Garcia himself. I'm Will Gates, and that's my dog, Arthur A.G. Welcome to the show, Bobito. Nah, man, I'm, I'm blessed to be here, man. You know, I got the invite. Well, I know, man, we don't have much of your time today, so I got to right. jump into our first question, man. Tell us about the first time you saw the movie Hoop Dreams. Yo, oh my God, I saw that joint in the theater, yo. Dead up. And I, I, I'm I, not ashamed to say this as a grown man. Yo, I cried, yo. I dead up cried because my entire life, has been committed to one thing, and that's the beautiful game of basketball. And so, you know, from my early childhood, you know, I read uh, the In Your Face basketball book by Alex Wolf. I read The City Game by Pete Axlam. I read Heaven as a Playground by Rick Tellender. I read Double Dunk, you know, the biography of Earl Manigault. You know, when as a, as a young kid in the 70s, like there wasn't much about the game. And so I just, you know, anything that came out, you know, I was like, yo, I need to, I need to. And then when, when I started playing high school basketball in the eighties, street and Smith's was like my Bible, mm -hmm. you know, I would read that Bible. cover to cover like, yo, 
I knew who the assistant coach was at Lehigh at, you know, like <laughs> Tulane. Like I knew the 12th man on the roster at, you know, some, you know, D2 schools. I just, yo, I just couldn't get enough. You know, I was a nerd and I was a ball player at the same time. And so, you know, move forward, uh, you know, come the 80s and 90s. And now some basketball films are coming out, you know, and Hoop Dreams just... I mean, there was no equivalent, and truthfully, there hasn't there hasn't been an equivalent since. And that's not to knock, you know, the incredible film "Through the Fire" with Sebastian Telfair, uh, you know, off the red, soul in the, the hole, soul in the hole, you know, Lilibet, and 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 you know, I actually consulted that film. I I, I helped connect them to Loud Records to get the, the soundtrack for "Soul in the Hole." You know, um, off the res about Shawnee Schimmel, the first uh, Native American yep. uh, high school player to get a mm -hmm. D1 um, uh, scholarship. You know, I mean, there's, you know, there's tons of incredible basketball documentaries since there was a, a, you know, a handful before. But Hoop Dreams, you know, I salute to the two of you because truthfully, it's the, you know, you you could go to any list of best basketball films ever, you know, and they'll. They'll break down, you know, feature films with, you know, they'll put yeah. space jams, but always the number one, you know, hands down. Ain't nobody going to argue. Nobody could dispute it. You know, Arthur Agee and Willie, uh, William Gates, you know, and uh, Marshall and, and St. John. You know what I mean? Like, y'all just so embedded in the history of the game, you know, F around. Like, y'all yeah. should be in the Hall of Fame in Springfield, man. Real talk. You know, the, the, the film... And your lives that were that were depicted in it, and also it's not just the two of y'all. You know, like Chicago has such a deep, you know, folklore that you know a lot of people. You know, and look, I, I'm a proponent of this. You know, I, I've supported this. You mm -hmm. know, New York is the mecca of outdoor basketball. Can't argue that. But when it comes to you know producing pros in the NBA, Chicago supersedes New York. I believe. Where like y'all got more people in the league. Than, than we have in the five boroughs, you know? Y'all got your own high school history. You got your own college history with DePaul and, you know what I mean? Like it's, you know, Illinois and the Loyola with the with the all-black squad. And, you know, y'all got so much history. And I felt like Hoop Dreams didn't try to, you know, encapsulate everything, but it gave us the essence of what your town represents through your two stories. And, you know, it was inspiring. I mean, I became a filmmaker, truthfully, and partially because of that film, you know, I, I directed three mm. films. The first one was Doing It in the Park, Pick Up Basketball, NYC. I collaborated with Kevin Cooley, who y'all know. My second film, Stretching by Beat Already, That Changed Lives, premiered on Showtime, you know, got licensed to Netflix. My last film, which I thought was my best, was Rock Rubber 45s. Rock for basketball, rubber for sneakers, 45s for uh, for for uh, the music, for the vinyl that, that William is, is, is trying to see what I got back here. <laughs> but, you know... I mean, you know, and, and part of that was Hoop Dreams, you know, like Hoop Dreams is, is like, that's that's the nucleus. Like I saw that film and I was like, yo, I want to be a filmmaker. I think I could tell a story about New York the way that, wow. that, that the, uh, you know, the, the directors told about y'all in Chicago, you know, real talk, man. So yeah, man, I, I, I own the, I got the VHS of Hoop Dreams. I'll go to my basement right now, Ooh. pull it out for you. You know, like, yo, like that's, that film is no joke, man. That, that was like, that's a keeper right there. So, yeah, that's a great first question to open me up. I'm all warmed up. Y'all can ask me about anything now. <laughs> me and Will going to have to autograph that joint yo, for you, yo. Come put on, that, put yo. That thing come on, the, the You know what be even more valuable than that, man? As if the three of us could play ball one day, man, you know? that Ooh. I would love that. That's that's even, you know, me, the three of us show up to a park 
on the south Art. side to be like, yo, we got next. What's up? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then we get busy, you know, we get busy. Then we get busy, yeah. y'all. You know, I wanted to ask you, um, because, you know, our show is, it's, it's, it's a little bit different than a lot of other podcasts, because we call it the Hoop Dreams Podcast, but it's really, it's your podcast today. So we want to know your origin story. Take AG and I, man, back, uh, what it was like growing up in your neighborhood, man. Take us back to your childhood. What did you grow up in? What was your neighborhood like? No doubt. Well, I grew up in a in a tremendous neighborhood for basketball that a lot of people don't really recognize in New York um, because, you know, Harlem and Bed-Stuy, you know, and the South Bronx, you know, those are like, you know, and then you got, uh, you know, parts of Queens, Springfield, Queens, you know, that have, tr- that have, that have you know, produced tremendous ball players on every level, playground, high school. Yeah. But I grew up on the Upper West Side. Now, the crazy thing about the park that I used to go to as a kid was that everybody in the hood called it the GOAT because Earl Manigault, playground legend, started a tournament there and he used to always bring, he used to always bring all the legends from Harlem down to the Upper West Side to play in a park and then Albert King, when he was the first, uh, you know, number one player in the, in, 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 the, in the world in high school, came to our park to play in a tournament. And Jeff Rulin, before he became NBA player, came to our park all because of Earl Manigault. Earl Manigault was like like the the ambassador for the hood, you know, and that, that was the park was right across the street from me. Now, you juxtapose that with the fact that two members of Rocksteady crew you know, the legendary hip hop, you know, organization lived in a building that overlooked the GOAT. So to the hip hop world, it was called Rocksteady Park because the crew would meet there. They were practiced there before they went to the Palladium, before they went to, uh, not the Palladium, to to the Roxy, before they went to Lincoln Center to perform, they would meet at Rocksteady Park. So here I am playing Mm -hmm. ball, you know, as a kid with Earl Manigault, the legend, looking at me. And right behind the fence is... Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. You know, Crazy Legs and Ken Swift and those, you know, on, on top of the, the whole linoleum came from my park because it was a furniture store wow. and they used to put trash in the back. And, and the rock said he was like, yo, like, let's try to spin on, on, on linoleum. And then that became a huge phenomenon worldwide. The linoleum that comes from my park. So understand that I got, you know, roots in basketball as well as hip hop, you know, just from going outside my door, you know what I'm saying? Like my mom, when I was young, 
people call the house, you know, when I was a kid, they, people call me Bobby. They'd be like, yo, where's Bobby at? And my mom wouldn't even have to, I didn't have to leave a note for my mother. You know, mom going, she just tell me, oh, Bobby's at the GOAT. She knew, like, you know, and that's where I was. And people come find me. I ain't have no cell phone. I ain't have no beeper. Right. Yo, you want to come find me? Yo, come, come to the GOAT. You, you, gonna, you know you're going to see me. And you don't see me there, wait half an hour, 45 minutes, I'll eventually I'll be there, you know? And that's and that was my entire childhood, man, like working on drills. When I was eight, uh, 14 years old, there was a cat named Pete Strickland who had played at the University of Pittsburgh who moved right across the street on 99th Street. Uh, he lived a, a block away from the GOAT. Now, he was the all-time assist leader at University of Pitt. And he became the premier player in the Irish Pro League. And now he's living across the street, you know what I'm saying, coming to the park, and there's a white dude who's like a little bit taller than me. I'm like, yo, he got nice form. I don't know who he is, but he sees me in the park every day. So he takes me underneath his wing. Turns out he was a disciple of Coach Morgan Wooten from DeMatha High School. And he still had the workout sheet from his childhood. And what? he gave it to me, yo. He was like, yo, take this. And so now I got, you know, I mean, I I, I got the, the wisdom of Pete Strickland, Morgan Wooten for, for my workouts. I got the inspiration of Earl Manigo, the playground legend. And then guess who else is my next door neighbor? In my building. I lived in Westgate on 97th Street. In my building, on the third floor, is Clark Ellie, who becomes an MVP at West 4th Street, wins like five, six championships with, with Harlem USA. But his little brother, who's also becomes a legend at West 4th Street, is Mario Ellie. What? These are my, my downstairs neighbors. So Mario Ellie, who winds up winning three NBA championships between the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs, you know, he's at the GOAT playing ball. I'm watching him in awe. Like, I'm a scrub. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm a straight 14-year-old, you know, I'm a panic button. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was mm -hmm. abused as a kid. You know, it's, this This is talked about in my film, Rock Rubber 45s. You know, I was, I was just really, like, just had to overcome a lot to be on the court, you know, and, and eventually, you know, find confidence in the game, you know, through through practice and through working out. But, you know, th these are my inspirations. I got Pete Strickland. I got, you know, Mario Ellie. I got Earl Manigo. And then there's a there's a fourth person. Who that? Reggie Carter lives in Douglas Projects. He winds up being all high school All-American at St. John. I mean, high, sc high school All-American, uh, college All-American St. John's. He puts Riverside Church AAU program on the map. He's basically the one that draws everybody to that program. And he winds up being a starting point mm. guard for the New York Knicks. Now, his brother, his brother Daryl played at UMass. His older brother Rodney was, I mean, the whole family was nice. So I'm in a park that's bustling, bustling mm. with basketball. You understand? And it's, and I'm a little 14, 15-year-old scrub watching these dudes, you know, and eventually I get invited to play on the A court. And, you know, six years later in 1987. I'm at that same, very same court. Now I got I got mm -hmm. cut from my I played uh, JV at Wesleyan University Division Three. I got cut my, from varsity my my freshman, sophomore, and junior year. Doesn't let me stop. I don't stop playing. I'm at the goat on 99th Street in Amsterdam, and a former professional player in Puerto Rico, Ray Diaz, 
sees me, you know, doing work. Now I got mad better. I got my confidence. Even though I got cut, I'm not letting college or, you know, organized ball affect my love for the game. So I'm doing work. Wow. I'm getting my jump shots in. And, yo, he scouts me to play professional basketball in Puerto Rico. I haven't even played college ball yet. And that this all happens in one playground, the GOAT. And so, you know, when, when people ask me about, you know, my childhood, I'm so thankful for growing up on the Upper West Side of Manhattan and for the experiences that I was able to, to you know, to, to have at such a young age, you know, and, and, you know, I went through a lot, you know, I had, I got, I mean, I could go, you know, watch my film, Rock Rubber 45s, it's an autobiographical documentary to talk about, you know, the, you know, my childhood, you know, the, you know my father who was alcoholic and, you know, the, the neighborhood, you know, all that stuff. But I, I got through that and I felt like basketball was, you know, having that as the goal, which was I, I wanted to play pro ball. And I checked mm -hmm. off on it at five, you know, at five, nine and three quarters and 160 pounds. Go figure. How did I pull that off? I don't really know to this day how I pulled it off, but I got a contract. I got still got my uniform you know, from Puerto Rico, you know, and, and, um, I'm just, you know, and then, you know, now I'm talking to Arthur A.G. and William, William Gates, you know, it's like, yo, man, I like, it's like my life is blessed. You know what I'm saying? Like basketball yes. has provided me with such amazing opportunities. I've, I've played ball in 47 countries throughout six continents. You understand? Like, Dang. you know, pick up. You know, I'm just anywhere I go to DJ or whatever, I'm yo, I ask a promoter, where can I play? Where's you where's the run? You know? So it's the game is has connected me to so many people worldwide and it's just a blessing, man. I can't I can't speak enough about it. You know, I really can't. You should have bought that uniform, man. We sh we should have been at, you should be holding that up right now so we can see that uniform, man. <laughs> hey, but Beto, yeah. hey man, we just wanna applaud you first and foremost for not giving up. Oh, nah, never. When you never thought that. that you wasn't nothing and they, when you thought you, you know, you ain't had a confidence and we just want to applaud you because that's the whole thing what was about hoop dreams. Yep. Like there's gonna be, you know, block uh roadblocks in, in, yep. in your dream yep. and, and all of that. But the thing was to stay with yep. it and gain that confidence. And here you are, did that, and you playing in your hometown in Puerto Rico on a pro team. Yep. How what that that is the that is the epitome of a hoop dream. Yeah. Man. Oh no, no. I mean, let's. My whole life is a hoop dream. You know what I'm saying? Like, I get and, and this is, and that's why I I loved your film so much. You know because I I saw myself on screen spiritually. You know what wow. I'm saying? Like I and, and yeah. the two of you, what y'all was going through. You know, with the knee operation and you know and, and then it's like all that. You know, like. That's me, yo. I had a knee operation when I was 11 years old. I had osteochondritis mm. desiccans in 1977. You know, I still remember the technical term. What? Yeah, I had a knee operation when I was 11. So, and I went through that and and just you know rehabbed and you know I I mean I've been through it. You know what I'm saying? Like, so you wow. know I, I the fact that that you know people know who I am worldwide. I could be in Harlem mm -hmm. and people be like, yo, what's up? Yo, stop. You're the ball player, right? Yeah, the dude with the tricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt. What's up, man? Peace. Could be in a bodega. You know, yo, I, I'm so thankful for that. You know, people be like, I'm sure, I know you're tired of hearing. I'm like, nah, B. I'm never tired mm -hmm. of hearing that. 
because it's still wow. so like uncanny to me that I would become known and recognized as a ball player when I never played in the NBA. I was never nice that that nice. You know, it's, it's nice and it is like nice, nice. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like yeah. I was never nice, mm-hmm. nice like that. You know, I could do a little trick and get the crowd. Ooh, ah, I had a nice long range jump shot, you know, but I was never, I was never, I mean, I was good enough to play pro ball in Puerto Rico, but you know, I mean, Puerto Rico, is, that's, that's not the NBA. You know what I'm saying? It's total different, you know, total different levels. So, you know, I'm grateful, man. I'm grateful. I exceed, I exceeded expectations, you know? Your love for the game has really taken you places. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, the love of the game have really taken you, I mean, continents, countries. I mean, sitting in in, in Fortune 500 company offices discussing deals. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know what I'm no saying? Doubt. Like, this, your, for your love of the game, like when you say you are really blessed through the game of basketball, I truly believe your words and hear you saying mm. it. No, thank you for saying that because, uh, yeah, I, I, you know, and I and I use basketball as a as a tool for social change in every chance that I get, right? So, for example, I started a tournament called Full Court 21 in 2013. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. At participating McDonald's. And the reason why I did that was because, because I was traveling so much and people would, you know, stay in contact with me. They come to New York, but like, yo, my dream is to play at Rucker, play at West Fourth. And I would tell them, like, yo, go down there and play pickup, but you're not gonna play in the tournament. You know what I'm saying? You're my height. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Unless you six foot nine, six foot ten walking in the park, they're gonna be like, yo, what's up? You wanna run with us? You know what I'm saying? Like, if you just a regular, you know, size dude, like, so I I, I came up with this idea. I was like, yo. 21 everybody you know everybody calls it different names in, in different cities you know in, in philly they play they call it 35 rough house you know but everybody plays a similar you know every man for himself whoever has the ball everybody else is on defense right so i was like yo let me yeah. create i never heard of a of the of that game being presented as an organized tournament so in 2013 i started it 2015 it went international and I'm doing qualifiers in, 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 uh, in, in Tokyo and, 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 and Vancouver and Montreal and Los Angeles and Philadelphia. And it's like, yo, like I got something, you know? And the beauty of it is that it's inclusive. It's participatory. Anybody could come to full court 21, register and play. You could be a scrub. You could be a, 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 a you know, overseas pro. It don't matter. Like you ain't going to win if you're a scrub. Mm-hmm. Cause the game is too hard. It requires right. too much skills. Nah, I'm just being honest with you. You know, like, cause you yeah. know, it, it's you, you, if you got five dudes guarding you, you know, you you ain't scoring. You know what I'm saying? Like, unless you could really play. And so, uh, yeah. but you know, but still, it, it's it's not. It, you know, there's a lot of a lot of the AAU is beautiful, Division One is beautiful, NBA is beautiful, but it's very it's for very few people. You know, and t- for me, mm. the the beauty of the sport is that it's for everyone. You know, and um, so I started Full Court Twenty One to date. We've done it in thirty international cities, you know, and I did wow. it in 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 West Africa and Mali and Senegal. Uh, we did a, a a scrimmage in Ghana. You know, what I'm saying like the game is is just so. Anyway, so, but what I'm saying is that I use basketball as a as a tool for social change because I'm I'm connecting people throughout the world through my tournament. You know, what I'm saying people who are locked out yeah. of you know the clubs in Europe and, you know, and, 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 and Japan, they only got 25 outdoor courts 
and the entire country, yo. When I went to Senegal, when I went to Senegal with the uh, with the, the U.S. State Department, flew me out there uh, to be a, 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 a an ambassador for basketball culture, you know. And I went to like four different <laughs> cities. Uh, yo, they got four indoor courts in the entire country. <laughs> Four. That's it. Four indoor courts in the entire country of Senegal. You understand? So like, yo, when I think about how basketball can connect us and I think about the resources that we have here in the States, it's, you know, it's, it, 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 there's no comparison. And so if, if, if I know that and I can use basketball to help improve people's lives, then I'm going to do it. You know, case in point, my latest book, uh, Aim High, Little Giant, Aim High, which I wrote for children, you know, uh, mm. but <laughs> the crazy thing is that I got mad adults buying it and being like, yo, I bought this for my nephew, but I, I got to keep it for myself and buy another copy. Like, yo, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> that, I did, that good. I did not expect that. But you know, it's, be, it's because I wrote it with the same passion that you guys are hearing me, you know, during this interview. I, that's, I infused that into the story. It's based on real life experiences that my son and I had during the pandemic, you know? And, and so it's a unique, uh, story, uh, about Diana, who's nine years old, learning about basketball, but life lessons on and off the court through her family, friends and, and community. And, um, it's a beautiful, beautiful story. Very proud of it. Aim high, little giant.com is the website where people can buy. Hey, I, I just got to ask you this, man, since, since we talk of sports, Knicks Nets, where you riding? <laughs> well, here's the funny thing, right? I was the uh, announcer for the Knicks, the halftime reporter in 2006-2007. And I was the first Latino broadcast member in, in franchise history. And, and, you know, what? the Knicks played the very first NBA game in 1946. It wasn't even the NBA back then. It was the BAA. It became the NBA in 1949, right? So it's arguable. You know, but anyway, the Knicks franchise has been around since 1946. And and in 2006, when I became the halftime reporter, they had never had a Latino or Puerto Rican on their team. You know, so I broke a barrier there, you know, and I was very proud to do that. Now, you you go back to the 70s and, you know, I had Julius Irving's, you know, basketball cards, you know, from when he was playing with the Nets and you know, so I, I love basketball. I'm not really like a, a, I don't really care what team wins. I mean, sure, if the Knicks do well, great. Because I know a lot of my friends who are dear, you know, live and die by them. So I know if they do good. Um, but, you know, it was it was an honor to work for the Knicks for that year for MSG Network. Um, and, but, you know, truthfully, like, <laughs> if y'all remember, 06, 07 was when we broke the franchise record uh, for least uh, the le the most losses in a season. We only won 23 games that year. So it was a long season. But I was on the sideline, you know, there was a lot of sad faces, you know what I'm saying? So, but, yo, I haven't, <laughs> I haven't seen a game, I haven't seen 48-minute game since 2006, 2007 because I'm a filmmaker, I'm traveling, I'm DJing, you know, you just met mm -hmm. my son. He's nine years old. We homeschooling him. I'm with him full time. You know, uh, you know, I'm a caregiver to someone who's, you know, chronically ill full time. So I got a lot on my plate, you know, 
And, um, you know, I would love to have the leisure time and I look forward to that. You know, I'm 56 now. So when I'm getting to my 60s and 70s and hopefully I could just be laying back and just watching a full game and talking smack. But these days I got too much. So, you know, truthfully, if I got an hour free time, an hour and a half, I'm going to play ball, yo. I ain't sitting on the couch and watching. <laughs> I'm going to use that to, to put up jumpers and do my my typewriter drills and my spider drills. Like I'm still I'm, I'm age 56. Go look at my Instagram. Cool Bob Love, K-O-O-L-B-O-B-L-O-V-E, right? You can go to TikTok, Cool Bob Love, Twitter, Cool Bob Love, Facebook, Cool Bob Love, Instagram, Cool Bob Love, Patreon, Cool Bob Yo, I'm still out there as if I'm 15 years old working on drills. Like, I'm, I still want to get better, yo. I still have yo. that drive inside me. Yeah, like like during the pandemic, there's another thing that inspired the book, Aim High, Little Giant, Aim High. I don't want to give away the, the end of the book, but you know, in New York, okay. the Parks and Recreation Department took down the rims. And it was like a horror yeah. story for, for me. I mean, think about how much I love basketball. It's like I couldn't, I could wait, I couldn't have never fathomed in my life that in the Mecca of outdoor basketball, the rims are down. You know what I'm saying? But they had to do it. And I saluted the the local officials because people would didn't they was like, yo, stay home. It's a pandemic. You know, it's it's dangerous. You know, we don't know what how how infectious it is. We don't know how it's being transferred, transmitted. You know, they were like people. They were like, stay home. And cats where I lived in Brooklyn was still going out to the park, playing three on three, five on five. Like like you know what I'm saying? Like like if there was nothing going on. So they took the rims down, and you know the rims, you know, and, and playing ball was like that was my salvation during the pandemic. Yeah. You know, I, my, my mm. uncle died of of COVID nineteen. You understand? Like I had, I lost like 20, 25 people in 2020 alone. It was a hard year for me, you know? And so basketball was what gave me my juice, you know, was, is what allowed mm. me to be like, okay, the world is crazy right now, but I can still play. So when they took the rims down, it was like, yo, what's going on here? And so, you know, but I used to, I, I, I still, I still went to the park. And I used the, mm. the the box above the rim as my target. And you remember, uh, you know, you know that movie Above the Rim when Leon is like, I was just yeah, when Leon that. is, you know, with no ball, like just you know, in the park. Yo, that was me. I was I was in the park. I, I sent my son to the to the jungle gym and to the to the swings. I'm like, yo, go play. Papa's gonna be over here. And I, yo, I was just doing my drills and I was shooting on, you know, straight on with the with the with the box. People thought I was nuts, yo. I didn't care. I, yo, this is this is my love. Ain't nobody gonna take this away from me. Nothing. Yo, I think about, you know, Turkey and Syria with the earthquake. I think about the Ukraine. You know, my man Smooth Smooth Ukraine. You know, I don't know if y'all follow him. He's, you know, he's one of the best dunkers in the world. You know, he when 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 Ukraine went to war with, with Russia, he showed the gym that he grew up playing ball in. A bomb had went straight through it, you know what I'm saying? Rubble all over the over the wood floor. And I think about I think about these things, you know. I'm, I'm like, yo, we are so blessed. We are so blessed to have the opportunity mm. to play ball. And you know, I think about at age 56, you know, dudes who passed or dudes who lost their legs or dudes got cancer, you know, my age and younger, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I yeah. mean, I'm in hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Big Pun passed, Big L got murdered, you know, my man Rock Raider, you know, the who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? 
Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Died of a rare disease. I mean, like, you know, I'm, yo, I'm so thankful to be here and I'm still healthy enough to play ball. Yo, I'm going to use that. I'm going to use my fluid mm. and my organs to be on the court. And anyway, so so That's going back so. to Aim High, Little Giant, Aim High, the father in the in the narrative is based on me. You know, I mean, it's it's a it's a fiction, you know, but it's based on real life experiences. And so, you know, the father has this love for basketball, but his child, you know, doesn't. And, you know, part mm. of the book is like, you know, the the father supporting Diana and like, yo, just be whoever you want to be. You ain't gotta be me. I love mm. basketball, but that ain't got to be you. You don't have to be, you know, the the next me, like be yourself. And that's a powerful message. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, especially when, when I, I coached high school basketball, you know, and I used to see the parents on the sideline, like OD, like screaming at their kid. And it, it actually, it, it, it doused my, my, my want to coach, you know, high school because I was like, yo man, it, it was like my favorite kid on the team. And his father was an a-hole. You know, I'm going to just keep it, keep it mm. 100 with you, you know, try arguing with the yeah. refs, embarrassing his kid. He was the nicest kid on my team. Not nice in terms of ball. Like, I mean, he could play, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like the kindest kid on my team and his father was just, just, you know, after the game screaming at him, like, yo, why didn't you get, get the loose ball? Like, it's like, nah, this is what, not what the game is about. You know, that works for some people, but you know, me, I, so anyway, so part of the messaging in aim high, little giant aim highs is about the love of the game, but it can't supersede the love of your child. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and allowing children to find their own wants and, and learn on their, you know, on their own terms and trusting their natural curiosity about, you know, all the things that are Mm -hmm. out there, you know, the playground is is fertile ground for mathematics you know, for social emotional learning. And and a lot of these are used in the book. You know, there's one of the questions in the book mm. where the father's like, yo, how many, how many um circles can you find on the court? You know? And that's because that's what I used to do mm. with my son. I taught my son math and ratios during the pandemic, because we would go to the park and I'd be like, yo, grab my rebound and tell me how many I make out of 10. So he'd be like, oh, you made nine out of 10. So what's the ratio? Nine, nine out of 10. You know what I'm saying? Like he learned ratios and percentages. I'd be like, okay, I made eight, eight out of 10. What's the, what's the uh, you know, create a fraction with that? You know, what's the ratio? He'd be like 80%. You know, I use basketball to, as, as, a, as, a, as a tool, you know what I'm saying? And, and my book, Aim High, Little Giant, Aim High, which could be purchased at aimhighlittlegiant.com or it could also be purchased in Chicago at the Silver Room. Big up to my man, Eric. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, I know e. he picked it up. It's a beautiful dude. He brought me out there in 2018 to DJ the Silver Room. Uh, beautiful place. Uh, the, the, uh, that, that block party that y'all do out there. Oh, Park. man, yep. yo, that was crazy. It was like thousands of people out there. I was like, yo, you know, sisters dancing, doing 360s, and I was playing my music on the, on the stage, you know? And we did my tournament too in full uh, my full court twenty one tournament in, in, in at uh damn what was the name of the, the the gym I forget but it was right down a block from the from the silver room um block party and then I saw Shaka Conway I was mm-hmm. like yo they got a street out here named after Shaka Khan like stop playing yo I love <laughs> Chicago yo I love Chicago man word anyway I'm being a little bit long winded man but I appreciate the two of you giving me. You know these these questions, man. These are great. You can tell I'm I'm amped yeah. up right now. I'm about to, you know I'm about to go outside. It's like forty, 
What, it's 40 degrees out? I'm about to go play after this interview, <laughs> yo. You kidding me? Yeah, I'm about to go play. I'm about to go. I'm amped up. Like, yo, if you listening to this podcast and you don't go play ball after this, like, yo, I don't know about you, man. Like, word. <laughs> man, what a story. You know, I want, I want to ask you this, man. First of all, I want to say congratulations. Thank you. On uh, being inducted into the Radio Broadcast Hall of Fame. Oh, thank man, you. Man, that's huge. Much love. Yeah, yeah man. man. Talk, talk about that a little bit. That's could not have ever been, you know, imagined. It's kind of like me playing pro ball or me becoming, you know, world renowned, uh, you know, ball player slash trick, trick, trickster. You know, it's like I couldn't have anticipated this stuff. When me and Stretch started uh, in 1990 on the radio on a little college station, you know, WKCR on the campus of Columbia University, like who knew that, you know, 33 years later, the National Association of Broadcasting is going to make us an official inductee of the Broadcasting Hall of Fame. I was like, nah, like we just started that just the way I started playing ball. I didn't start playing ball because I wanted to play pro and, you know, and travel the world and, you know, do Nike commercials and be the announcer of NBA Street Volume 2 for EA Sports and all this other stuff. Nah, I started playing ball for the simple fact that like, yo, this is fun. Like, it's just straight mm. up, like, I could play with my homegirls. I could play with my homeboys. You know, this is like, this is a perfect way to spend my afternoon. And, you know, similarly, you know, when me and Stretch started the radio, it was like a perfect way to spend four hours together and enjoy the best music and best artists, whether they were signed or not, you know, on the radio. Like we had the worst time slot, 1 a.m. to 5 a.m., you know. So it was, I, wow. I became a better ball player. Check this out. I became a better ball player and a more known ball player after I retired from radio because I did 12 years of 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. once a week. And yo, that, I mean, that put a toll on my body, man. You know, we was carrying records back then. It wasn't, right. it wasn't, oh, I'm going to bring my laptop and my backpack. Nah, B. Like, we was carrying records, 12 inches. Them joints is heavy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Upstairs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, nah, yo. Nah. So, um, you know, when I'm, when I look back at, at being stretches eight years on the radio and, and given, you know, a platform to unsigned artists like Nas, Biggie, Wu-Tang, you know, Big L, Big Pond, Mob Deep, uh, MF Doom, you know, I, I just, I, I'm so fond of those memories and for the, the NAB to recognize us and, and induct us into the hall of fame, that's, that's a big deal. You know, I don't take that lightly. I don't take that lightly yeah. one bit. Um, you know, especially on the 50th anniversary of hip hop, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's even bigger. Like, wow. You know? So, but that all said, Will and, and AG, like there's no corporate or cultural institution that validates our culture more than we do. I've been known, I've been in the hall of fame cause I could go to any, you know, block in Harlem and I could go to any block in the, in the Bronx and I could go to Brooklyn and Queen Staten Island, I could go to, I could go to uh South Africa. They like, yo, man, I had tapes of your radio show down here, you know. You know, yo, when I was locked up, you know, I used to listen to y'all every Thursday night, you know. So it's I've been known that I that we had an impact, you know. I just didn't know it was, I didn't know it was like to the level where it's at now. I mean, you know, and uh, you know, me and Stretch are still on, on the radio too, for people that don't know. We on Apple Music Hits. Every two weeks we really? yeah, every two weeks we live on 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 you know, they got like 90 million subscribers on Apple Music. 
And, and you know, when people mm. turn on the app Saturday uh, from 8 to 10, well, actually, they're they about to move us up to Fridays um, 12 to 2, starting uh, February, I forget the date, but whatever. It's, you know, we're going to be on Friday. But, but you know, if you're an Apple subscriber, you can listen to our show on demand at any point. We got like 55 mm-hmm. episodes up, you know. And, um, you know, it's, it's crazy to, to be paid to be on radio these days. Cause when we did it back in the nineties, you know, we was just doing that <laughs> coming out of pocket for the cab from the yeah, love for the love. Yeah. And so, you know, music, basketball, you know, my life has been blessed in that I've done a lot of things for the love. And then afterwards been able to make money off of it unexpe- unexpectedly. But thank you for recognizing that award on the podcast, you know? Yeah. 100%. I'm hoping that my book, I'm hoping that my book aim high, little giant aim high, you know, years from the road win some awards too, because I think it's 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 worthy of it. It's yeah. a very unique story, you know. Um, but yeah, but thank you. I'm sorry, AJ. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't. is it cool to call you AJ because Will's calling you AJ, and I, I, yeah, that's I've cool. I've always called you Arthur. You call me AJ. Yeah, okay, cool, cool. I feel like I'm down. I feel, I'm telling you, yo, we we can call next man, the three of us, and you, you know, in a <laughs> AB. So, when y'all, when you and Stretch uh, did the radio thing, who was that artist? that you knew of, but didn't, you know, he was trying yeah. to get his stuff out yep. there and you was like, okay, bring it over to my joint and I'm going to play it. And then who was that artist just, just jumped off from your radio station? Well, I mean, you know, you I, we can list about 300, you know? Um, Damn. Yeah, it's like that. I mean, we had 300 unsigned artists come through our show in the eight years that we were on together. Um, you know, I already mentioned the Nas, Biggie, Wu-Tang. I mean, when they came up to our show, they were unsigned teenagers. You know what I'm saying? Like no contract, no manager, no nothing. You know what I'm saying? These, but I, I will say that the you know the Fugees, Cypress Hill. You know they had. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba da ba 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 album deals they had singles out but they weren't popping yet until they came on our show and then it was like it was like that stamp you know what I'm saying then it, it like things changed for them the direction of their careers wow. turned once they came on our radio show and it's because not because of us it's because of our audience you know they spoke yeah. vibes and you know mm-hmm. people taping our show and then you know dubbing the tapes and you know and and, and distributing them worldwide and then people finding out about oh Cypress Fuji's you know on and on um, so, I mean, you know, yeah. we were, we were, uh, we were an amazing platform, you know, for the nineties yeah. up and coming and, and unsigned artists. And, you know, it wasn't just New York artists. I mean, Juice, his 12 inch, I played that to death. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, <laughs> you know, Common, he used to get tapes of our show cause he was signed to, to, to Relativity and, and Loud Records. And, you know, he was cool with the Beat Nuts, his label mates and stuff. And so he got tape to, you know, first time he came to our show, check this out. He came up with Tash from the Alcoholics, and they brought up a young unsigned artist named Talib Kweli. Get out of here! Uh, you know, the 1995. Yo, I mean, you know, and I, I, I don't mention Talib as often as I should, but yo, Talib came up to our show, no teenager, you know, no album deal, no nothing. So, you know, it's it's a crazy, it's a crazy history. But I got a lot of love for the Chicago hip hop scene. You know, big up to Upski. Yeah. You know who who wrote uh, "Bomb the Suburbs." Uh, big up to my man Design. Mm-hmm. You know he's a friend for life. You know graffiti writer turned you know sculptor yeah. and you know and 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 big up um 
you know, Chili, uh, uh, HP, J, what is it, JP Chill, Chili Q, you know, um, they used to be uh -huh. on WHBK, you know, uh, I think Chili Q passed away a, a, a few years ago, but, um, you know, I used to send, when I worked at Def Jam from, uh, uh, from 89 to 93, I used to send all the records to Chicago's, you know, college stations, Columbia College, yeah. uh, uh, had a, yep. had a hip hop show, WNUR, uh, Northwestern had a hip hop show, my man, um, uh, oh, Ron, Ron O. Yeah, my man Ron O at WNUR. You know, so, uh, yeah, man, you know, Funky Buddha. I used to go to that party when I'd be in, in Chicago in the 90s, you know. The Buddha Lounge. Yeah, the Buddha Lounge. Yeah, yeah the Buddha funny. Lounge. Uh, yeah. What's my man? Um, Jesse De La Pena, you know, was, used to be spinning up in there. So, you know, uh, uh, All Natural, you know, um, what's homeboy's name? Uh, Tony Nimble, you know, Twilight Tone. I mean, y'all got, got DJs for days, yeah, yo. Y'all yeah. got DJs for Days, you know, Grav, my man Grav, you know, like yeah, y'all y'all had it going on in Chicago, man. You know, much respect, yo. Did any of the big mainstream stations start coming after you after after y'all blew up after you and Stretch blew up the yeah, radio? I mean, we, 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 had, we we had a, a radio show on Hot ninety seven for two years from nineteen ninety six to ninety eight. You know. Um, that, uh, you know, I, I wound up leaving it, actually. I, you know, I didn't want to uh, stay in that lane of commercial radio. Um, you know, mm -hmm. my heart was more yep. into the music that I loved and not to not just playing music to play it, you know. Um, but it was yeah. a good, mm -hmm. good two-year run, and I was grateful to the station for giving us platform, you know. Um, but, you know, I mean, all through it, you know, people have known me as a DJ. People know me as an author's, you know, sneaker personality, whatever. But tried and true, the bottom line is I'm a ball player. That's, uh -huh. that's, I wouldn't have gotten into the hip hop world if it wasn't because I played ball. And the reason why is because I was wow. cool with Mark Pearson, who was a graffiti writer named Sake. He introduced me to Pete Nice, who was a, a, all, all Brooklyn Queens out of Bishop Ford High School mm. and uh, wanted to play at D1 at Columbia University. And uh, me and Pete Nice got cool, and his partner was MC Search. And then, MC Search and Pete Nice got signed to Def Jam. And, you know, they're the ones the rest, who- The rest is history. Yeah, they're the ones, yeah, they, the group, as a group th called Third Base, and they're the ones who got me my job at Def Jam. And from Def Jam, I meet Stretch. And then I meet Mimi Valdez, who gives me the job at Vibe Magazine. But, you know, if you go through the route, it's like, if I didn't play ball, I wouldn't know Mark Pearson. And if I didn't know Mark Pearson, I wouldn't know Pete Nice. And then, you know, and then- you know, so even even through my 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 journey through hip hop, you know, all through it, you know, because I play ball, like people thought I was a little more cooler than you know other people, you know, because because you know how that is, you know, you play ball, like oh he's cool, you know. Um, I can even go back to Brooklyn Tech when I was you know when I was a freshman, and you know dudes were about to jump me in the cafeteria. Tech was you know, it was like six thousand students in in our hallways, and they they was gonna jump me like hard body and then one dude was like nah 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 Damn. don't jump him yeah he plays ball man he's nice he got game a word oh all right money you all right yeah, he, he let me go but you, hoopers pass yeah it's like you, you get, get the, a hoopers you, pass. yeah you get the hood pass because you play ball you know what i'm saying so i'm so thankful to the game man bottom line is basketball you know always yo 100 hey my man third base he was the coolest white rapper I had ever heard at that time. Yeah, yeah, you know Pete Nice, Yo, Pete Nice, and MC he was Search, dope, dope. yeah, MC Search and Pete Nice. They had they had rhymes and the Search could dance too. You know what I'm saying? So it was crazy. You know, I was actually their dancer. 
check this out. Go look into the step into get out of here. Get, go look at the step into the AM video. It's on YouTube on Vimeo. You're gonna find me in the video dancing. I danced in that video and I danced on stage with their bass in in like in Atlanta at the Omni Center, at the Capitol Center in Washington D.C. Like yeah, like I got a crazy history, B. I got a crazy history, but um, but yeah, I mean you know prop. B, you got a you got a cover of the book that you can show us right yeah, now. Yeah, absolutely. Hold on. Yeah, we want to see what that thing, what that joint looks like. This is the test copy of the book. Aim high, little giant. Aim high. Oh, I like that cover. Thank you, man. Yes, yeah, an illustrated uh picture book, um, written for ages seven and up. But you know, it's it's any 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 age can enjoy it. You know, and um, yeah, man, it's you know, it's it's got a lot of uh social emotional learning in it you know like they do breathing exercises mm -hmm. calming strategies you know Taina is Taina's scared of a 10-foot rim basically and so because she's young she can't reach it and then she reaches it but then she can't she 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 never gets the basket the ball in the hole so the journey mm -hmm. is to aim high little giant aim high you know and it's a it's, it's like a call to action to empower young children who don't believe in themselves yet to to super to supersede that and then towards the end of the book i don't want to i don't want to give you the whole story but towards the end yeah, of, don't give it away yeah, i don't want to give away but towards the end of the book you see taina feeling positive and shoot mm -hmm. and shooting and going over the rim you don't know if the ball goes in or not because it's not about results it's about effort and about attitude that's the key to life i tell i tell I, yeah i tell my son all the time yo i don't i don't care if you get all the questions right in this learning exercise. I care about how you approach it and how hard you try. It, it, the rest is irrelevant. You know what I'm saying? And that's, that's what it's like for basketball. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, people, people don't realize like, yo, like people look at Steph, you know, Steph Kirby, like, yo, he's shooting 50% from the, from the threes. Like he's the best shooter ever. You know, that means he's missed half the shots he's taken in his career. Think about that. He's missed fifty percent of his shots. He's made fifty percent of the shots. He shot. probably don't even think about. No, it. he, he don't, think don't think about. You about don't think misses. about the misses. You gotta just keep looking forward. You know, there's another part of my book yeah. that's that that I came up with that that I'm so proud of, where Diane, I was watching a WNBA game and the, and a player shoots an air ball, and so Diana asked the father, like, "Yo, do they get points taken away for the air ball? Because you know when we play twenty one in the park." You know, you shoot an air ball, you go back to zero, for, you know, from the free throw line. You should be yeah. shooting air balls from the three free throw line. But, in, you know, in, in an organized context, so the father tells Diana, like, nah, like, in basketball, you only go forward. You never go backwards. And it's a, and it's a metaphor for life, mm. you know what I'm saying? Like, always forward, you know, always forward, you know what I'm saying? Ain't nothing mm. going to be taken away from you for, for, for taking a shot that you miss, you know? Well, B man, we 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 coming up on closing time, man. We don't want we'd have had you for a bit, but we want to get to get you get you back to your son, so he can have his lunch and have a, <laughs> a beautiful end of the day. Nah, forget, but forget our last yo, question. Yo, forget lunch. I'm taking him to the park. We gonna play ball right now, yo. He gonna have to start. Taking him yo. to the park. <laughs> don't do little B like that, man. Don't do little B <laughs> like that. After this conversation, I'm going to play ball, yo. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> My son just gonna have to be hungry. Like, yo, come on, kid. I got Papa's got to put up some jump shots, yo. <laughs> B, we got one last question yeah. for you, and it's this, my brother. What's the next chapter in Barbito Garcia's hoop dream? So, truth be told, I really want to adapt my my book 
into either animated short film or TV series. You know, and so I'm talking to animators right now and potential uh, production partners to see that to to uh-huh. through to fruition. I try to think big, you know, I mean, hey, you know, maybe maybe that never happens, you know, because the Hollywood is, you know, that's that's a that's a that's a monster, you know, to, to get through and to get funding and all that stuff. But, you know, yeah. look, it's, it's just what I'm telling my son and what I tell readers and, you know, in this book, it's like, yo, that don't mean I can't try. That mean I can't that that's don't right. mean I can't put it in the universe. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and speak about it and speak it into existence. You know, so I would love because I want I want this book to affect people positively, you know, and I want mm-hmm. I want more readers than the, you know, the 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 patrons of the silver room or, you know, the the director to consumer um, people who are visiting aimhighlittlegiant.com. You know, I want more more than that to read the book. I want millions of people to read this book. You know, mm. you, if you read it like, yo, you you feel uplifted and you feel seen. Yo, I had a little girl from Queens. Her mother bought her the book. Well, actually, no, no, no. I'm, I'm bugging. So Grow Our Game is is a, a nonprofit organization that teaches young girls how to play basketball. Preteens specifically. Right. So they bought like 50, 50 copies of the book and they passed them out to their campus. You know, and so one of the girls was like told her mom. Mommy, I think the the author wrote this book about me. And I was like, yo, what? And the mom hit me up. She was like, yo, my, my daughter literally thinks that you wrote the book about her. And so for me, that was powerful because it's like, you know, not only do we not, not lot, we don't see a lot of books about basketball for kids. They're out there, but mm-hmm. we don't see a whole lot. We definitely don't see a lot, a lot of books about young, young girls, you know, playing basketball. And we certainly don't see any books about people playing basketball in a park, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to see a book about basketball, it's usually about five on five organized, you know what I'm saying? But this is, this is the hood, you know what I'm saying? Like the whole book takes place in Brooklyn outdoors. So, you know, it's, I'm very proud of it and I'm hoping that it it reaches this full potential. And and I'm hoping that this podcast appearance, you know, on hoop dreams, the podcast helps is is a step towards, you know, more people learning about it. And I want to thank, you know, your producer, and, and Arthur Ag and, and Will Gates, you know, blessing me with the opportunity to express myself. And, it's, you know, I, I mean, I, I, you know, I don't give this type of interview to everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I'm 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 very spirited right now because I'm seeing the two of you and I'm inspired by that, you know. And, um, yeah, so I, I appreciate y'all, man. I'm the gold of my era. I've been a trending topic. I'm as fly as a feather. My pocket's macroscopic. See, with time, I get better. I'm always in the action, kid. Know I got it locked from Chicago where the toughest live. Concrete jungle, earn my stripes on the pavement there. You make it here, then you can make it anywhere. No comparison. Your game is embarrassing. No one can touch me. I'm all but going there again. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha A.G. I'm box office and one day they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm ballin' like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreamin', tryna fight against a seal fate. More faith, think I'm ballin' like I'm Martha A.G. I'm box office and one day they gon' have to pay me. Hoop Dreams the Podcast, an Unlearning Network production. Written and produced by Arthur A.G., Will Gates, Matt Hoffer, with audio engineering from Matt Savage. 
For more episodes, check us out at www.unlearningnetwork.com. Gotta be a dog to survive in this cold weather. Ice in my veins, no need for a warm sweater. I'm coming forward, all best believe I won't let up, yeah. Hey, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me. Yeah, I think I'm balling like I'm Will Gates. I'm hoop dreaming, trying to fight against a sealed fate. More faith, think I'm balling like I'm Martha Agee. I'm box office in one day, they gon' have to pay me. Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before.